All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of DPH Clinical Got Colorado Surgical Institute with me, Dr. Tahir Dune and Dr. Dan Brisky, the clinical gurus here to help you through all of your clinical woes. What's happening, guys? What's up, man? Hey, brother. Can I get a Gio boy? Gio boy! <laughs> we have to start doing that every time. So we, we last episode, we talked about oral sedation. We briefly touched on IV, and we just kind of felt like we needed to get a little bit more into IV sedation. What? Let's just let you take it to here. What do you think about IV? We talked a lot about oral. We talked about, we'll talk about the benefits of IV over oral, I guess. Let's start there. Yeah. So, I mean, I've done oral sedation, like I said, on the last podcast for 10 years and every once in a while, someone doesn't want to pay for it. So I'll just, you know, give them pills now and do the oral sedation route. But when it comes to the differences of it, I want to touch base on oral sedation is absolutely fine. 70% of the time, there's going to be three out of 10 cases where you're like, ah, that was horrible. Like they were kicking around and moving and just not a good patient. They were worse off than when they were not sedated, essentially. And then when you factor into the IV component of it, like, okay, I can control this thing very easily. Like the onset in terms of time until effect of IVs is 30 to 60 seconds. Oral sedation can range from 30 to 90 minutes. Sublingual, like we said before, is three to five minutes. And then there's always different reasons why oral sedation is going to be metabolized differently versus IV, which is a direct line. And then the types of medications you can use through the IV, you know, like when we're doing surgeries or other things, you can give them steroids. You can give them Toradol, which is amazing, especially if they have like narcotic issues. Even if they don't have narcotic issues, Toradol, which is basically, you know, ibuprofen, liquid ibuprofen, but way, way better. You can give them anti-nausea medications and At the same time, it's just controllable to the point where you can titrate it to effect, can push them a little harder right before anesthetic, and then you give them anesthetic and they start to wake up a little bit. If you know you're going to do something with a lot of pressure, you know, if you're extracting wisdom teeth or going to be doing something with a lot of sound or that's aggressive, you can push them a little bit right before there. So it's just really titratable in that effect. I've started to love it more and more and more. I think one of the hangups a lot of people have is finding the vein. Uh, That's just what a lot of docs have shared with me. And personally, it was my experience too. I just felt like in the beginning, my confidence wasn't there when I was, you know, before the procedure even started, I'd miss, you know, or the vein would roll or something would happen where what we were recommending now is introduce PRF into your practice start doing the phlebotomy for blood draws, get the revenue through all the blood draws, start using that in your bone grafting and in your wisdom tooth sites or wherever you're using them in the sinus. And then by the time you add IVs to the mix, because it still takes time for anyone listening right now, if you start now, it'll probably be like six to eight months by the time your state board passes everything for you and you complete the curriculum. So you have eight months of time to get used to veins and phlebotomy and all of the above. So then at that point, the introduction into your practice is pretty straightforward. Talk about being the, I mean, anesthesiologist, like being the person providing this IV sedation as well as the operator doing the work. What's that like? It really depends, I'd say, on the procedure that you're doing, right? I think a lot of people will do IV for some common procedures like a crown, root canals, wisdom teeth are okay. But once it may be one implant, but anything over that, maybe a full arch case, right? It definitely gets very, very stressful because you are the medical doctor and you are the dentist, right? You have like three, four or five different hats on, right? You got your root canal hat on, your implant hat on, your wisdom tooth hat on, your sedation hat on, (laughs) right? All of those. So 
I say one of the parts where it takes some growth would be in the full arch area or sedations really over that, you know, even like an hour, hour and a half, two hours type of, of time limit for IV. It gets a little bit more stressful. Now, do you have a limit to what you will provide personally? I'm just curious, like if if there's a certain like, okay, this procedure is going to require X amount of time, I'm going to hire an outside anesthetist to come in. Yeah, still to date, when I'm doing full arches, I'm bringing in the CRNA. You know, unless it's like, I know I can do it in like an hour and a half and they're dentulous and there's a mile and a half of bone and all of that, then I'll do it myself. But I'd say for the vast majority of full arch cases, I bring in the CRNA or anesthesiologist. And then for every other case, you know, I'm doing it myself, like wisdom teeth specifically. I mean, dude, in and out so, so fast. It's a no brainer once you have that skill set. Talk about the, the IV, the sedation drugs. How fast are those metabolized? Like if you push something Say you, you're you like, well, maybe I gave a little too much there. Maybe I'm a little over-sedated. How, how long until that metabolizes? Very fast. It's within two minutes for, for pretty much all of these drugs. And I think if you do oral sedation and you get impatient, you're like, oh, man, I'm really impatient. I should do IV. And then you do IV. Then you're almost thinking when you're doing IV, man, I'm actually impatient. I can't even wait the two minutes. <laughs> 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 but you got to wait the two minutes. It's, it's, not, it's, it's a very, very short time period. Yeah. And worst case scenario, you got the idea in, you push the reversal if you need to. And and I'm going to knock on wood to date because I go so low and slow in the beginning that I never had to reverse anyone or worry about it. You know, maybe they desat it a little bit and I push their shoulder or like, you know, like pinch their shoulder a little bit to just elicit some kind of response. So they wake up and once they wake up, I mean, levels come back up, you know, so from that perspective, very safe. But you have to look at like, you know, the metabolism of the medication and how it's affected. If we go back to like the pharmacokinetics of it, you know, it's the patient's age, right? You don't want to select very young patients and you don't want to select very old patients. You want to be kind of cognizant of those things. If there's any type of like hepatic diseases or cardiac disease or uh, pulmonary diseases or sometimes endocrine dysfunction. Those are the ones you want the CRNAs to come in for because, you know, it's just not worth it. But if you do your ASA classifications and you stick with ones, like very healthy people, like all day, all day, they're, they're going to wake up. They're not going to remember a thing. They're going to sing your praises from the rooftops. You know, I have like people's spouses coming in now, their girlfriends coming in now. Like everyone is just talking about it because they're like, yeah, this guy can do everything. He can do all the procedures and he can sleep you too during the procedure. And they wake up thinking they were asleep. Right. And I say, wake up. They come out of the sedation thinking they were asleep, but they weren't asleep. Right. We could have a conversation probably for 50% of that procedure and they're just not remembering it. Yeah, that's wild. And I remember I was, I shadowed a oral surgeon before I went to dental school. And like, I was like, the patient's not sleeping. He's like, oh, no, she is. She won't remember any of this. She's like, they're never really sleeping. And it's like, people just don't believe that. Like, they're just twilighted out. Like, they just feel like they went to sleep. But the whole time, you can communicate with them. You can talk with them. How you doing? How's, how's it feeling? Yeah. And they will talk back with you as, as best as they can. You know, they're, they're pretty out of it, but they're conscious, I guess, is, is what, what I'm trying to say. Now, someone think, looking at this and saying, you know what? This is something I think I can provide to my patients. I think it would be a great thing. It is a lot of hours and a lot of, you know, to get IV certification is, is a lot more than oral conscious sedation. I wonder if you could briefly just talk about the requirements in hours and, and on hours under supervision and stuff that, would get people certified in most states? Yeah, so most states, many states have different rules, so definitely look into your own 
like specific states. For the context of this conversation, I'm just going to talk generalized. So what the ADA is going to want is 60 hours of didactic work. So what we've done within our courses is uh, my brother's an anesthesiologist. He works in UC Irvine. He's, you know, he was at Kaiser for a little bit in UC Irvine. He's in the education, teaches all the residents and all that stuff. And so he's written the curriculum when it comes to what we're going to be teaching. And we have someone who manages, you know, complications at the hospital and a very like large scale who has put together this entire curriculum for us. So the way it's broken out is it's 20 hours virtually because we're trying to be as respectful of everyone's time as possible because when me and Brisky got trained, you know, it took a lot of time to fly all the time and rack these hours up and be away from the family. So 20 hours virtual in June would be our first course. And then we got another 20 hours virtual in July. And then the third course is you come in, you have to make sure ahead of time you're getting your ALS certifications and all the things that are dictated federally and from a state level. And then you work on mannequins, understand all the equipment, practice phlebotomy on each other so we all can find the vein and we all feel comfortable. You know, some of those big corn-fed boys from, you know, Alabama, those veins are a little bit deeper. So you have to know how to find it and look and maybe look at the hand or look at the wrist or look at different places. And then this fourth time, the fourth quote-unquote time you have to commit to learning this stuff is you're actually doing your hands-on requirements. And when you're doing your hands-on requirements, that's done under the supervision of different DRNAs who are there, different instructors, the procedure mix. You know, I think one thing that's going to be unique about what uh, Dr. Brisky and myself are putting together is when we got, when we did our training, some of it was like, you'd have to go do a filling. So you'd sedate a patient, you'd have to go do a filling. You wouldn't truly be sedating the patient because the filling is done in seven to 10 minutes, or you'd pop out one root tip, or sometimes we'd even do profies. And they're, they're setting it up that way so you can get your repetition. Well, what we're trying to set up here, because we have Colorado Surgical Institute teaching the surgical stuff, is we're going to have more real-time experience where you're going to apply the IV sedation in your practices, whether it's on wisdom teeth or implants or different things like that, where we're going to have an amazing experience to get your clinical. So when you go home, you're a little bit more better you know, prepared for what you're going to be applying it to. Ooh, I like that. That's a really good point that we're doing that because, I mean, don't get me wrong, you still have to get 20 cases over the weekend, right, for everyone that's listening. So it's actually a lot of cases. So you still will have some cases where you're doing a filling or a profi, but the good part is, you know, 30% of your requirements will actually be on something real, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like a real implant being placed or like a real wisdom tooth surgery or a real full arch that's starting, right? And I think that type of experience is invaluable to actually see that because just to myself too i was very scared to press i you know i'll give like a milligram verse i'm like oh my god i hope that wasn't too much medicine right yeah. <laughs> and then you're like oh my god you're gonna die so i think you know, i was scared of that just coming out of mind but if i would have seen some of these actual procedures go down then i wouldn't have been so nervous right yeah, I think there's something to be said about doing it under supervision because I, I always go back to like when I placed implants, I placed implants for three years before I took one of those, let's go to out of the country and place a ton of implants. And I came back a completely different clinician, a completely different person, completely different in the way that I presented to patients, a completely different confidence level. And I'd already been placing like a hundred or so implants before I even went to take that course. But it was just, it's such a great thing just to work underneath supervision, be able to ask questions. And just get your feet wet, or I guess more wet in my case was that case, 
or in my own personal case. Ever since we started using relevance online marketing, I could see a drastic improvement in our SEO. I mean, we are ranking so much higher when searching for dentists in our hometown. We are seeing more new patients and certainly someone you should give a give a look at if you're considering new marketing companies. Just absolutely awesome. I would recommend relevance to any practice owner who wants to see what proper marketing can do for their office. I want to thank Dr. Paul Etchinson for introducing me to Relevance Marketing. They've done a great job, very thorough. I'm happy with the results. Thank you guys for all of your help. We never truly realized how powerful this could be. It's really changed our business for the best. I think they're definitely worth every penny. Easy to communicate with, easily accessible, does what I ask, and even shows me some reports when things are going a little bit off track and what they're doing about it. You know, it's just a level of service I just haven't really received from other marketing agencies. Since we've been using Relevance, we've seen a tremendous growth in our business. I would recommend their services to just about anybody. Search engine optimization uh, and getting your ranking on Google to be the highest it can possibly be. The efforts uh, by Relevance and their team and the efforts and the things that they've done with the, uh, the SEO as well as the social media. Highly recommend it. So what are you waiting for? This is Dr. Paul Etchison telling you to get a free consultation with Relevance. As a listener of the podcast, you get the first month free and there is zero obligation to continue if you aren't blown away. Make this the year you grow your practice to the next level. Go to relevanceonlinemarketing.com to set up a free consultation. That's relevanceonlinemarketing.com. What about equipment? What about what kind of a commitment to equipment are we looking at doing if this is something we're thinking about doing in our practice? I think the one cost that was spent was around, it was close to 10K, I remember. Because there's quite a few meds, there are a bunch of stuff. Most most courses and ours too will have at least a package available and we're, we're going to negotiate like gangsters like we always do for people because we don't believe in paying more money for the dental tax. So we do a lot of arguing behind the scenes for you guys. But yeah, it's close to 10K actually, for I think all in. But then you also have the course as well, right? So there's actually a lot of materials. You got to pay for the state, someone to come out and review your stuff, the monitor, the drugs, all those things. So yeah, my goal is to get things as cheap as possible for everyone. Yeah. And then if we look at it from a business perspective, right, we're going to calculate every type of uh, course we do, whether it's wisdom teeth or root canal courses, or you go to an occlusion course, what's the ROI once you implement this? And so if you think about it from the perspective of, okay, I'm going to do this many more cases, I'm going to do this much more production per hour, go into your practice analytics, look at your production by procedure, look at your uh, production per hour, and then start to track this stuff and see how much it escalates up when you're presenting IV sedation and oral sedation and different types of you know ways to do full arch types of dentistry versus your tooth by tooth dentistry. And then it's a game changer. Always do the math. If you have a practice where you're sending stuff out or you think it could be a benefit, then it's absolutely a no brainer. And then let's say you don't have that practice yet. Well, you got to build that practice regardless. So Either way, my, my lips are red with the Kool-Aid because I think sedation has built my practice significantly and it just is it's a reputation builder. Yeah, you know, I always think about it would be great for someone who's like, I'm a good clinician, I'm not the greatest communicator, and my practice is just kind of, uh, you know, just all right. 
Like this, you know, if you can't talk to your patient, you're not a great communicator. If you added this, you're just all that much more sexy to the patient. Like it's like there's something drawing them in. You have something more marketable. And this might even be the direction that you turn your practice. You go, you know what? We're just going to focus on market the hell out of this. We're not going to be in networks. We're just going to take get people that are high fear. And we're just doing sedation dentistry. And I, I don't know if there's anywhere by you guys. I know just from personally around me, there's nobody really marketing hard for a, a sedation dentist, at least in the suburbs of Chicago, that I know of, at least. I have a good buddy that does it, but I don't know how much he's marketing for it. And like I'm just saying, like if you made like your practices instead of my Nelson Ridge family, you know, Nelson Ridge sedation dentistry. I don't know what it would be, but I'm just saying it's a cool opportunity to try to take your practice in a different direction if you're not liking how things are. Yeah. Sedation and wisdom teeth, it's Oh my gosh. Like if you get fast at wisdom teeth and you can do case in 15 to 30 minutes and you can just hop from room to room to room and just do a morning of wisdom teeth, it's a game changer. One of our mentors, Sean Custer up in Greeley, Colorado, like he is a savant when it comes to wisdom teeth and that's what he does. And he is just crushing it. And another point to be made is like, you know, when you're in an operatory with an unsedated patient, you got to be the doctor. And when you're in the operatory with a sedated patient, IV sedated, usually speaking, you can just have like honest conversations with your team. You can just chat. You can joke around. You can play music that you want to play. And it's fun just not being on all the time. So I actually look forward to those sedation appointments because I can just just chat with people and joke around and poke fun at stuff and not worried about being perceived as not professional. Yeah. And I'll throw it. I have a, a guy and he's just a, he's a GP. He comes to my office twice a month, only wisdom teeth, only IV sedation. He'll see seven, eight patients in one day, usually with the IV sedation, the four whizzies, it's maybe $2,200. So, I mean, the production is $16,000 for a seven hour day. And he does it consistently every time he comes in. And it's just, it's sedate, pop four wisdom teeth out, next hour, sedate, pop four wisdom teeth out. And it's just such a cool thing if you can get this down and get good at it. Yeah, agreed. Or we have one of our mentors, Ben Kakas, out in Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and he's built his practice on fillings and crowns and implants, and he's doing some arches too, but he built his practice on IV sedation and doing all the general dentistry and all the root canals and all the implants and all that stuff too. So every model works with the adjunct of sedation versus you can't you can have an implant indenture only clinic. Well, that only works one way. Every aspect of dentistry works within the sedation ecosystem. Now, if I'm if I'm someone listening to this and I'm like a little overwhelmed by uh, all these different drugs, you push them in. They're they're potent. They work fast. What would you say to somebody who's nervous about just the complexity of it? Yeah, <laughs> it's actually not as complex because we can only legally use so many drugs. <laughs> and so it's actually you you only have to learn about three or four tricks to to execute this. Yeah, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, I thought the same thing going into sedation. You know, it's really, it's two drugs, really. It's Versed and fentanyl. You need to know the reversals. It's sometimes handling a high BP, and you need to just know a few of the meds that handle a high BP. And then it's going to be some of the things, adjuncts you're going to use afterwards, like steroid and anti-emetic and pain management stuff. But for the sedation in itself and protecting the patient, it really comes down to like four or five different meds, and you just need to know the the usages behind that. And it's actually pretty easy to learn. 
I know someone who's never done sedation as myself going into the courses thinking it's this big, scary thing. It actually distilled down is, is far easier than I ever anticipated it being. So all in all, not complex to learn. Very simple. Yep. Simple. But at the same time, there's a responsibility behind it. I don't want to overshadow with the sim- simplicity of it. True. Because, you know, it's important and it's a huge practice builder. But at the same time, if you care and you focus on the details, it's easy. Yeah. And, and, and this is big stuff. I know we all know those cases that they come on the news and it always seems to be an oral surgeon and sedation. And I swear like the common theme is, is that there was no monitoring, which is beyond me how anyone could like sedate anyone without monitoring. But, but we hear those horror stories and it makes us nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, pediatrics. And so it comes down to case selection, right? Pick healthy adults, right? And I'm considering, you know, 17, 18 year olds with wisdom teeth, quote unquote adults, like from a, you know, physiological perspective. And then once they hit 65, kind of be cautious as well, because the body starts metabolizing meds in a different way also. So talk about that, just like, what what would you do with an older patient with a 65 year old? Would you say metabolizes different? Yeah. So I, you know, actually I just, I did a case yesterday on some 70 year old lady and all I did was drop the IV in, you know, make sure she was well hydrated because they get dehydrated and their veins, you know, get flat and, you know, collapse super easy. So I kept her well hydrated the day before. She came in, placed the IV. It was super easy to find the vein. And then after that, I just, I gave her one of her set. And then she was like, come on, sweetheart, you know, some sassy little comment or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, put your big boy, boy pants on or I don't know what she said, but it made me laugh. Yeah. And then so I waited two minutes and I gave her another milligram. And then all of a sudden she starts, you know, giving me sass again and then starts to drift off at about two and a half milligrams of her sed. And it was the easiest thing in the world. You know, we just did crown and bridge. Mm-hmm. It was just crown and bridge and, um, and oh, a bunch of root carries. Ah, kill me now, man. That was yeah. so painful to restore root carries, but it was better when she was sedated at least. So uh, talk about the course. And, and if someone's like, dude, this IV stuff sounds legit. I'm ready to take the step. Talk about what they can expect if they come to Colorado. Oh, yeah. Hey, Paul, one more cool thing, too. If yeah. you go to a bachelor party, you can bring the IVs for your buddies. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what are we I pushing? Oh, we're just, yeah, we're just hydrating. State-sanctioned, yes, hydrated. <laughs> oh. You get your B12, you get your NAD+, you can put whatever <laughs> vitamins in there. I went to my buddy's bachelor party, I was plugging everyone in, I even plugged myself in. Yeah, I mean, when I go to Vegas or Nashville, and actually on my last golf trip, we were in uh, Geneva, uh, Illinois, I don't know where, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, got an IV there. Those feel great for hangovers. Yeah, and what do they charge? They charge like 400 bucks or something crazy for those, right? See, my buddies, every time we go on this golf trip and we go in June every year, they always tell me, like, did you bring a nitrous tank? Why have you never brought a nitrous tank? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm not driving. I'm not risking everything to bring a nitrous tank to this, you know, to our, our guys like weekend. Like, come on. But it's like every year for never fails, like 12, 15 years. Or they're like, hey, where's the nitrous? Are you bringing it this year? I'm like, I'm not bringing nitrous. Like, don't you just have it at the office? Can't you just come on? No one will know. I'm like, dude, I don't. I'm like, I don't, I don't play that game. Someone will know. <laughs> yeah, right. I just imagine getting pulled over and be like, what are you doing with this? Oh, I'm driving to my office. Where's your office? Uh, about 250 miles south of here. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't have a lie to get out of that, you know? But yeah, let's come back to the question that I asked. Um, what do you, what can they expect going to the course and, and what kind of guidance and supervision are they going to get? 
Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. There's lots of good ID sedation trainings out there. So I'm not going to you know, say anything about those. I think the, the differentiating factor with us is we're going to have a surgical institute attached to it. We have a bunch of awesome mentors who are there too. And we have an anesthesiologist, like medical board certified anesthesiologist writing the curriculum and teaching the didactics and all the, the nuances of this whole thing. So it's a really robust system that, that I'm really excited to roll out. So June is going to be the first time we're going to run our first course. We're going to keep it small in the beginning, and then we're going to start to scale it and run multiple courses per year. But if you want in on the first one, contact us. It'll be at around June for IV sedation. And then those of you uh, who listen to the oral sedation one are interested in oral sedation, reach out to us uh, or listen to the podcast ahead of this. And uh, you get some information on that. And it's 60 hours didactic. And then you come and do your live patient clinicals and, you know, wear comfortable shoes, caffeinate up, because it is a lot of work to get that many cases, especially surgical cases, and that type of experience done in that weekend. But we are going to make sure we get you some really good experience before you go home and do it yourself. And this is with your brother. Yeah, so he won't be teaching the clinicals because his contract uh, precludes him from teaching live patient stuff. Uh, it's just hospital-based crap. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he'll teach all the didactics because he can't get outside that contract. And who's the cooler brother? I know everyone. That's what I was that. just going to ask. I wanted to know who. Who's you know, so we're actually eleven months apart. So we're the same age for like two weeks. He's the older brother. I say he's cooler, man. Like he's a really good older brother. Didn't beat me up unless I deserved it. You know, still beat me up a few times, but I deserved it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me take his car out. You know, we drink beer with me in the garage. He's just a really cool dude. Nice. Yeah. I want to meet older dude. <laughs> yeah. And he has a full head of hair too. Like, like Dragon Ball Z hair yeah. also. So it's like, where the hell did that go for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks so much. Colorado Surgical Institute.com. And we will talk to you guys all next time. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Doom from Colorado Surgical Institute. Just wanted to give you guys a shout out and let you know about the program. We have full arch surgeries, we have lateral sinus lifts, we have block grafting courses, all done in one weekend with the whole digital workflow with photogametry units, scanners, 3D printers, milling, you name it, anything regarded to full arch, we cover in depth. We also have a PGCA course. What that is, it's the Postgraduate Clinical Accelerator course where we are going to be covering wisdom teeth, single implants, and it can be complex single implants with vertical sinus lifts. We'll also be covering full arch extractions with ridge reduction, bone grafting, PRP, suturing, and we also will have a course on socket preservation. So if you guys are interested in any of those courses, please reach out to us at Colorado Surgical Institute. The code is HERO10 for 10% off our courses because we love Paul Etchison and his podcast, and we're here to help.